Secret Friends Unite! Welcome to the Secret Friends Podcast episode 462. This is your guide to the geek side, and I am Todd Oxtra from the land that recently got snow for the first time in 2024, but doing good. Joined by Charlie Carden. Yeah, we got some snow too, but right now we have the famous Minnesota cold, uh, which was even crappier because April and I did a toy show today and loading and unloading the car is like 22 degrees, which is cold in Michigan. I know. And I know that's summer in Minnesota. You're like, oh my God, it's in the twenties. Woohoo. Yeah, it's not good. Um, but I'm inside now in the, the, the nice warmth of my studio wearing my, uh, wearing my Commodore's jacket. We're leaving in just a few days for sunny Florida to go on our second annual Star Trek cruise, by which we will also be doing a very special wrap-up podcast, which you'll hear when we get back. So uh, things are good. We're having fun. Yeah, so we're going to have a lot more fun because this episode is it, folks. This is the culmination of 10 years of Secret Friends Unite. It is the debut of Mrs. Madam Webb and her Hollywood screen presence in her movie. We're going to talk all about it in the Thunderdome. But before we do that, uh, and before you have a chance to run away, we got to talk to about our Patreons. Got to pay the bills by talking about these wonderful folks that make it possible for us to make all of these fun extra content that we've been enjoying uh, since we kicked off our Patreon. If you visit patreon.com slash secretfriendsunite, you're able to check out that content seven days for free uh, by clicking yourself a free trial and checking out uh, great programs like the one that Todd and I do called Spinner Rack, where we talk about an arc of a comic book story and an ongoing show that I have called The Facts of Geek Life, where myself and a guest take a classic series, grab a season of that, and break down uh, a handful of episodes having a good time. So we'd like to pay homage to the wonderful people on the Friends with Benefits level. That would be John Dorf, the Phoenix Sisters Cosplay, Brendan Myers, Corey in HD, and friend of the show, Matthew Keel. Uh, over on our top tier, the BFFs, we have the awesome Nias family, Sean, Stella, and Henry, and my friend, Missy Merchant. We are very grateful for the support that we get from these wonderful people. Again, please visit patreon.com slash secretfriendsunite, free seven-day trial. And if you like what you hear, think about sticking around, because we would love to have you. Speaking of love to have you or just get, oh boy, there's a lot of stuff going on over here. Uh, We do have a cover from November of 1966. Coincidentally, that is when the Batman uh, 66 television series had been on uh, for almost a year. That show came on in January of 1966, as I learned, because we've talked about it on the Facts of Geek Life. But we have a Heritage DC Comics title, which is World's Finest, uh, which in these this day and age is called uh, the Batman and Superman team up, or simply Batman and Superman. Um, but this is obviously issue 100 uh is it 162 so you just took a 62 and i did a take a 62 yeah that, that yeah and me. uh world's world's finest i i believe was the first team up title in comics oh so very good but well, yeah else. i so mean world's finest yeah. is, is renowned for that 
you're taking, you know, really the two biggest characters, arguably in comics, certainly at that yeah. time, um, because at this point, Marvel Marvel Comics itself was only about five years old. So, all right, so world's world's finest uh, for twelve cents, which was a typical cover price at that time. We have Batman, and oh, does it actually say on here? I'm trying to blow this up and make it bigger. Let's it says go. with Robin the Boy Wonder. So Robin. Oh. Not a headliner, but uh, yeah. Oh, so what you do, Charlie? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just. I, I was trying to blow it up to see if it said "and star of TV" because his show was on at the time. No. Anyway, and Superman. You don't actually end up seeing uh, Robin on the cover here, but you do get uh, you know a featuring pawns of the jousting master so jousting master i'm assuming is the name of this purple armor clad individual yellow tie uh big uh well, red a cape not a boa. tie but tie oh, i wow cape tie i you know what maybe that's just the senior <laughs> moment kicking in um I, I guess you know i was so thrown by the purple armor because it seems mm-hmm. very science fictiony uh so anyway uh pawns of the jousting master why does superman fall before his mace Batman fears his sword. Well, I can tell why Batman fears his sword because he's chopping off Batman's belt and really probably almost cutting off his balls. So I think I'd be pretty scared by that myself. Um, but anyway, Jousting Master says, now that I vanquished Superman, our our joust is over, Batman. Okay. Uh, yield or my next stroke will do more than shear your costume. So he's talking about castration. There's no doubt about it. I, yeah. Um, this is where I would say it would make a lot more sense to Batman to actually carry that gun like he did in Batman year one. Cause uh, it, much like, like Indiana Jones and in Raiders of the Lost Ark with the swordsman guy, you could just pull the gun out and pew, wouldn't that seem like a well, solution to this? I think just like classic cartoons have always shown us a suit of armor or metal is always uh, the enemy of water, vice versa. Get a water on him, he rusts instantly, and he's done. Because that's how rust happens. It really is instantaneous. It does, it does. Um, And I love how he's whacking. He's got, like, his both weapons, one in each hand, and he's just kind of, like, hitting them with his wrist. And it looks like, because it's a a twist of the wrist in his his hand, just bonking Superman on the head. Now, I'm assuming. Like this, Charlie. Yeah. Now, I would assume if he can knock Superman out, one of two things is going on with this mace or just overall. The mace, while it appears to just be, you know, metal color, it could or be magic. Or he's exactly, he's magic. So, and if he's magic, then Batman's going to have a little bit more of a difficult time. So, um, if, uh, if you're one of our seasoned listeners and you have read this book, please hit us up on threads or over in our Discord. I would love to get a uh, concise, like, maybe a paragraph long breakdown uh, of exactly what's going on here. So very interesting. Um, All right. Well, um, you know, next up, you know, and I can't even believe that we got her to come back to work. After the we're busy- not giving her. No, yeah. well, Charlie, she has an con- unbreakable contract. So I mean, and, and it is truly a lifelong contract, and she won't die. I mean, uh, oh. but anyway, Madam Webb still managed to get off the press junket uh, for her huge film to come back with us and deliver Madam Webb's rumors and news. I just noticed that you had her name misspelled in the segment. I see a lot of people spelling Madam Webb without the E on Madam and with two well, B's she, in the B. We don't have the rights to use her real name, so we have to... And have I put the B back in. <laughs> okay, so it's Madam Webb with two B's, but she's down at the corner of Hollywood and Vine uh, and giving us her loving attention with her news. So let's go. Now it's time for Madam Webb's rumors and news. Take it away, boys. Thank you, Madam Webb. Thank you, Madam Webb, for uh, bringing us these great stories, because considering how your movie uh, career is going to go, uh, it's good that you have a backup. 
But with Always that, good to have Madam Webb, obviously, when you were talking with all the Hollywood muckety mucks over in uh, Hollywood land, they gave you lots of scoops this week, Charlie. So I, I called this Marvel Panooza because it really was a big week for Marvel. So I'll kick off the first story. We'll Bio go Man. from there. It'll lead us into many, many, many things. So Deadpool and Wolverine got a trailer. They, that was the first thing that was solved when we saw the actual name of this trailer. It's Got solved. the trailer right. on Super Bowl. It was probably the most uh, biggest thing in the world because it's now the most viewed trailer as well. And oh, yeah, uh, of all with time, that, right? so, yeah, biggest. With that, we got uh, uh, the release date, which is now going to be the big, probably a big movie of the summer for Marvel. There's no doubt. Coming out maybe maybe July. a year, I would say. Yeah, yeah, yeah July 26th. Yeah. So um, I have, you know, I, I watched the trail obviously during the Super Bowl. Probably caught it again uh, on YouTube. But my big one, one of my favorite uh, geek analysis YouTube channels is uh, New Rockstars Eric Voss, and he did two different. He did here's my first thoughts, and then here's my second thoughts. And they were both about thirty minutes long, so they were really in depth. Um, and he goes on to really dig into. All of the the possible nuances of what it means. I mean, the trailer starts out very fun. You've got Deadpool and all all of his cronies having a birthday party. He's wearing a ridiculous Hawaiian shirt. He's wearing a ridiculous wig. And then he gets a knock at the door. And again, Eric had some thoughts like, would that body of individuals knock at the door? Or would they simply just appear? Um, he gets a knock at the door, and then he comes out. There's a bunch of TVA agents standing there. TVA, of course, being the 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 big bad or the big organization from the loki series which which wrapped up a few months back and deadpool has some nice quips and then he gets pushed through a door and he ends up uh in the tva showing down with that guy uh the the kind of uh the cuckolded husband from uh secession i can't remember the name of the character the guy was always beating up on, on cousin greg what, what was the character's name i haven't seen secession what seen then you didn't you didn't hear anything i like know that. it's on my list um, to my pile of shame. I know. Yes, I know. I know. We have uh, The Wire is our latest pile of shame, pile of shame one. We've never watched The Wire. And what's that old adage? White people love The Wire. Uh, so I guess it's my responsibility. But anyway, yes, we can, then can all go into into, a I, I assume because of Black blah, blah, blah. History Month, Charlie. Very, very, very big of mm -hmm. you. Yeah. Uh, why? Geez, Todd, I don't see color. I just heard that white people like The Wire. I don't know why. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I don't know what the show's about. The I've Charlie, never seen it. Color. You've never seen The Liar? Like, I, I, I'm teasing. Of course, I know what it's about. But anyway, all right. So we then go into, and it's your standard trailer, two minutes and 35 seconds, whatever it is. But we see a flurry of images, yada, yada, yada. Here's Hugh Jackman. He's like, I was supposed to be dead, and now I'm back. Um, well, we, haven't, then, we didn't see yeah. Hugh Jackman at all in this trailer, though. We saw we saw claws go over Deadpool. We saw a, a, a character in Madripoor. Didn't see you know, his face. Yeah. You know what I was thinking of is that I I I started to watch a fake trailer and for some reason I'm like oh the, I watched for like 15 seconds I'm like here's Hugh Jackman saying I thought I was dead so you know what my brain got that mixed up. Um, yes, we do see uh, a guy in a white tuxedo, which is very likely to be patch, the patch version of Wolverine. But interesting analysis that came out of one of the Eric Voss videos. He is thinking that Patch being portrayed by a different actor to be Wolverine mm -hmm. could possibly obviously be Daniel Logan or uh, Daniel Radcliffe. Cause Daniel that's Logan. a favorite. Yeah. Daniel Logan, yep. Daniel Logan Radcliffe. Cause that's a favorite fan casting, but I loved his second one. And you might like this as well. Taron mm -hmm. Edgerton. 
could 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 be. Oh yeah. And he's, yeah, yeah. He said just he's and then he was really like, well, because you know he's got broader shoulders and it looked like it'd be where I'm like, wow, that's that's deep. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah, you're right. The 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 big. Uh, cap at the end is that you know uh deadpool gets knocked backwards flies through a wall and then he's laying flat on his back and the shoulder comes up and he's like hey man could you help me out and this shadow extends his arms and claws pop out and you see him lunge forward you know to kind of shish kebab him so um holy cow uh, film you know the bo- big box office grocer of the year the thing that finally rescues marvel on the big screen uh particularly after their mo- the most recent dismal failure um yeah. thanks fox yeah. <laughs> yeah, you did. Fox, you did it. It only cost us sixty kajillion dollars. <laughs> yeah, I I love this because I think this is the movie that's just going to bring every from thing from the Fox universe. Like it's there, there's going to be so many damn cameos in this movie. You know, we're hearing that um, there was a, a a debunking that the rest of the Fantastic Four from the other movies are going to be in this. Right. I bet yeah. they might be in this. I bet we'll get maybe, you know, Wesley Spider Man. Wesley Snipe Newsline. Maybe Wesley Snipe shows up in this. Yeah. You know, Blade. Yeah. Everything just comes yeah. full circle. Everything's back in it. David Hasselhoff is Nick Fury. Let's make it happen, folks. Yeah, I think there's an equal opportunity that there could be anyone who is ever anyone who's alive and not canceled uh in culture who has ever portrayed something marvel related potentially in the last 25 something years could show up in this film as a it would be like what the flash tried to do and failed but marvel will do successfully you know what i mean but it's yes. like you know and now everybody wants to be in this thing yeah, yeah. exactly everybody yeah. wants to be in deadpool ryan reynolds is perfect hugh jackman they've got so right. much love and the fact that these people that yeah. probably didn't love the role they played in those movies i mean just imagine ben affleck being daredevil again he would love it i mean you've seen the dunkin donuts commercials he doesn't care he likes to pay yeah right what but again, yeah, it was, and it would be fun, and he would enjoy it. But uh, yeah, even this article that we're looking at, you know, I mean, uh, you know, could we see the entirety of the original Fox X Men cast? Um, because we've seen, sure. you know, we we just recently saw uh, Kelsey Grammer return as the Beast at the end of the Mar- at the end of the Marvels. But it's it's weird to me that this movie is is lodged in the middle of the summer. You know, this just seems like it would fall into that early may slot like let's kick off this you know like give it all that extra runtime let it destroy the box office but contrary yeah, it's to not that even getting the fourth of july be, weekend either yeah you know are they really counting on this to dominate the august box office and then maybe carry past labor day i mean that would be atypical because yeah usually your big your big bigs are first weekend in may or the fourth of july when I think about summer movies, you know what I mean? Kick off the summer or dominate the the back half of it, you know? So it's it's unusual, but I don't think it's going to make any difference. I don't know anybody in our community who is not excited about this film, you know, and was not excited yeah, about the, it even going into this trailer. Yeah. Yeah. The biggest issue they'll have is it's R-rated. So kids ain't mm. seeing this thing. <laughs> Unless they show up accidentally or their parents want to give their kids, tell them educate their kids on some things um about yeah. marvel jesus so this movie while it won't do while it won't bring back like the marvel heyday you know the yeah. last r-rated like comic book property was the joker and that did a billion dollars i think yeah so so Deadpool it's possible could do in that range you know yeah so yeah disney is you know trying to obviously uh going outside their comfort zone doing something like this and i 
would find it almost impossible to imagine that it's not going to pay off. I think it's going to be enormously successful. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah, so that is, uh, that is that. All right, moving on. What is next? We get a little reshuffling of some dates and, uh, our third story will tell you why, but our second story will tell you what got shuffled. So go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. So we are, um, we had a, a big announcement. We'll get into that later. I want to hit on this first. So Thunderbolts are moving up to the first movie of summer 2025. Uh, I'm calling them the Thunderbolts cause they're so fun. Um, I, th- well, I mean, movie- Hey, it's, it's a fun group of characters. I mean, look at them. <laughs> it couldn't be any exactly. less fun. So, <laughs> Essentially swapped with the Fantastic Four, which now has the July date. So at this point, a lot of people still don't think this movie is going to happen because literally, like, there's been no leaks of this movie. There's I mean, been nothing are they, this is a, It's about are they, are they, a, yeah, it's, are they filming it? I mean, is it like, uh, is it happening? Good question. Or? Yeah. Maybe yeah. the Fantastic Four maybe needs a little bit more time. They've got some more work to do. That's why they flip flop just to give them a little bit more yeah. uh, ease to get in there. Uh, but this is going to be the tail end of Phase Five, and apparently mm-hmm. Fantastic Four is kicking off Phase Six. So um, I don't know. I I hope this movie is good, but this this gives me feelings of it's going to be okay, but. I don't know if it's going to be everybody's favorite thing in the world because um, unlike the other Marvel m- movies, most of these characters, you either saw them in the Black Widow, which was uh, not exactly on screens that people could was, see yeah. because of COVID. It was a COVID movie. Uh, they knew yeah. the rest is all uh, TV characters in a couple of well, movies. Except for, except, for, except for Bucky, yeah. Bucky um, and then Ghost, which was in um, also was Ant-Man in Ant-Man 2. Um, Ant-Man yeah. 2. Yeah. yeah. So with that, I mean, it's a mixed bag and a lot of people, once again, are not going to be familiar with these characters. And I and I I'm trying to look who's right. directing this film, Charlie. Um, yeah, it's a good question. Does it say in we here? see I, who the director is? Because, again, as you said, I don't keep keep <laughs> Jake Schreier, Paper Towns. Okay. And the Paper, script oh, was by the person who made Beef, which I know people like that Netflix series. But once again, uh, we, yeah. Yeah, we, we watched I a bit know. of it and it didn't really blow us away. Yeah. I mean, if, yeah, if Century's I, in this yeah. movie, there's there's keeps being rumors about who's going to play Century. And I'm like, is he even this the thing by now? Did they take him out of the script? Who knows? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, this could be the, um, th- this could be a classical disaster. So I agree with you. Um, I, again, I really want to root for it because you're bringing in um, two core Captain America characters. Winter Soldier, and then John Walker as the U.S. agent, which again, you know, I mean, that's that's my my jam with the Cap stuff. Um, you have David Harbour back as the Red Guardian. He's a very amusing. Oh, he was character. great. He was one. Of, yeah. yeah, he was probably the most fun thing that happened in Blackwood. But obviously, it looks like the film is is kind of to be led by uh, the White Widow character of Florence Pugh. Uh, that's the vibe you get. And then, of course, your your uh, shifty uh, go behind is is Val, played by the Veep herself. Um, but yeah, I yeah. This one's a big question mark for me uh, because like you, I don't know if it's getting made and I don't know that it's a formula for success, you know, because you've got a cast of characters that people aren't super familiar with. But then again, nobody had any damn clue who Guardians of the Galaxy was, but they yuck yuck to their Correct, way through. But that was James Gunn yeah. and he also had a he yes. had a blank slate because nobody had heard of these characters. These characters are already established. And now they got to right. bring them together in a way that what's the tone? What's it going to feel like? Because all these characters right. are so different. And then what's the plot? Um, right. I, I I think we won't see anything about this movie until 
uh, probably Super Bowl. We'll see the the trailer for this next year. So we're still a year away. Yeah, before we even really probably get to see what this movie is going to be all about. Nothing even at San Diego, you think, or even maybe some teaser images or anything like that. Nothing. No, I can't see them giving us a trailer. You know, well, maybe six to eight that, months that out. I don't know. Out. This yeah. doesn't seem like their thing. I don't know. I don't know. But moving on to the biggest of the big news of the week. This just happened a couple of days ago. But the cast of the very long-awaited Marvel Studios production of the Fantastic Four has been bowed upon us. And boy, do we got some names. Pedro Pascal, the Mandalorian Joel Miller of it all as Reed Richards. Vanessa Kirby from the most recent Mission Impossible film, Sue Storm. Uh, Sue, Sue Storm Richards, uh, Eben Moss Bacharach, Bacharach uh, as uh, Benjamin J. Grimm, The Thing, one of my very favorite Marvel characters, and Joseph Quinn, who is uh, Wacky Eddie from <laughs> Stranger Things. Both you and I were like, really, Stranger Things? Had to go and look him up because he doesn't look anything mm-hmm. like Eddie without the long hair. Uh, it's going to be the cast. We got uh, the information. Uh, we got a fun teaser image. Uh, that came out on Valentine's Day. Okay, I knew it was because Valentine's Day always for this past week that went by. And then we also got and just kind of a an official logo uh, in a very 1960s kind of style that says Marvel Studios, the Fantastic Four, obviously with the number. The, the number. In this illustration, everybody's face is very clear. Uh, the thing looks very faithful. Behind him in this room that you see is a portrait of an astronaut, which has, a, I'm just going to call him Cousin because he's Cousin from the Bear. You see, it's Cousin face but who is the most yeah who is the most important character in this image just right to the thing side who is that uh herbie yes herbie which is an acronym an acronym uh which means something that i'm sure you can look up very quickly on google but debuted in the 1970s fantastic four cartoon i think it was 70 77 78 yes yes very fun. Um, you know, everything about this image, particularly the, uh, it looks like the Life magazine that uh, the thing is reading, gives us a vibe that this potentially takes place in the 1960s. So the question is, does it start in the 60s? Does it end in the 60s? Is it self-contained within the 60s? How does it really bleed into the bigger picture? Um, I could be more excited. Fantastic Four, Marvel's first family, Mar- the first comic of the modern age and Ted, you and I have gone back and forth with silver age, golden age. Like what do we consider that 1961 on? Is that the silver age? Golden age? Uh, it's silver age for Marvel. Okay. Yeah. Silver golden age, age is, is yeah. Golden age is like DC. It's like the old, old like, yeah. heritage, like uh Superman, gotcha. Batman from like the thirties yeah. and forties and fifties, yeah, yeah. sixties, silver age. Then you could get into like modern and then or current modern. Yeah. So there you go. Need a but new it, era, apparently. Yes, I guess. But anyway, um, this movie has a has some very big shoes to fill, without a doubt, because it's got a couple of things circling around it, going against it, going for it, uh, going against it. A legacy of not great stuff on the big screen. You had the great 1990s produce, you know, kind of produced out of spite Roger Corman film that never made it to the big screen. You had the two films in the aughts, uh, which I found very enjoyable. The first being better than the second, but still very Fox 
like and corny. And then you had 2015's Fantastic Four, which we will never speak of again. Um, and now you have this. And it was funny. April I, bet they're in, I bet they're in Deadpool 3. Oh, my <laughs> God. Yeah. Oh, here's Miles, Miles Teller and Kate Mara and Michael B. Jordan yeah. and some guy who played the thing. Um like I said, big shoes to fill. April and I were having this conversation walking out the door last night. You're like, are they going to, is there still going to be a way that this gets screwed up? That's, um, I, I, I don't, don't think, think so. I Matt, don't think Sh- so Matt Shakeman, who's behind us, is really good. He did, he did the, uh, um, I'm trying to think what Shakeman, he, he did some other things that were very much in this film. We've talked about it before and I can't remember, but yeah. he, I, I remember we talked about it and I think he's the right choice. I think, yeah. Charlie, what we're going to see is uh, this Fantastic Four is going to get transported from the 60s to modern day Marvel, sure. where this was a renowned superhero team. Everyone knew them. They were like celebrities. And they disappeared. They the Zeitgeist. Right. And then it's, yeah. And well, and, no, no. And they're just actually transported from another reality where they show up and nobody knows who they are. And they think oh, they're a big thing. Yeah. And and they essentially, and it's like blast to the past. Remember that movie with Brendan Fraser? With oh, great Walken? flick. Great flick. Yeah, I yeah. feel like that's what the tone they're going to go with. Like they're out of time, just like Steve Rogers was. But, you know, this one, you've got kind of like these spoiled people who were right. the biggest thing in the world and now they're now. Not. And that's why, cause it would be like really weird to do like, Oh, they already exist and we never, we forgot about them or they've yeah. always been there and they're finally coming out. It gets aware of an yeah. origin story. It allows yep. us to hop right in, puts them there. Yep. They're kind of people out of time. They're like reads gadgets will be like, Oh, you, you know, he's like, Oh, just imagine a device that does this. And like, yeah, we already have Wi-Fi. read. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. What? It, yeah. Like he becomes Dr. Evil. The uh, the uh, the Alan Parsons project. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh um, my gosh! The, the one thing that we didn't talk about was in the uh, De- Deadpool uh, trailer. They showed this guy that had a hood and green suit. Is that Doctor Doom? I'm like, if that's Doctor Doom, that trailer just kill me now because he looks like a, a man in a trash bag. It looks horrible, and I don't <laughs> think I want that. Now, if it's like Dime Store Doctor, do, uh, you know, Doctor Doom, or maybe Doctor Doom from like Julie McMahon from <laughs> from oh, the Fantastic Four Fox movies, the, the Breast Men, perfectly fine with that. But no, I don't yeah. want that. Yeah. yeah, that. Uh, I mean, maybe Doctor Doom is introduced in Deadpool and that's where it comes out. But you know, it would be great to see all this come about. So I'm excited for this. I think it's perfect casting. Uh, you know, it's not that far away, which is really cool. So, um, but man, this cast is not going to be cheap because, uh, I would say right. Peter Pascal, man, that dude cannot be in anything else because no one can, is no one's going to be able to afford him now. Right. Well, you know what? Good for him because like any journeyman actor, I'm sure he's labored for decades, you know, and he was in stuff, you know, he was on episodes of soap operas and stuff. But like I said, I mean, we loved the last of us so much that April was like, let's just watch it again. He's just, he's that good. He's just that good. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited. And like I said, I would, I would find it hard to believe something where he leads the cast of a film could fail, but then we did have Wonder Woman 1984, but he didn't lead the cast. So I'm going to give him Charlie, a pass. He's our that. age too. He's born in, oh, well, he, he's, he's my age. He's, he's uh, 14 days born older than 75. I am. Oh my gosh. Yep. Crazy. His, and, uh, his gray temples will be real. Right. Oh, well, I mean, you know, because he's got a gray beard that you see because when he's usually wearing a beard, but he doesn't have the he doesn't have the full beard that Reed wears in the comics currently that John Krasinski had when he appeared as a version of Reed in the Doctor Strange and Multiverse Madness. But I let's stop talking about facial hair, but we will talk about an interesting source from Men's Journal. Uh, Todd gave us his headline that the uh, the Fantastic Four 
uh, film is reportedly eyeing Javier Bardem as Galactus. Hey, he's got to be better than a big planet-eating cloud, which is what that second Fantastic Four movie with the Silver Surfer gave us. Um, Yeah, but it's funny because Galactus doesn't typically say much. Um, sometimes he does. I mean, if you get him on a roll, like I remember, again, I'm thinking back to Secret Wars, the, um, obviously the classic miniseries, which is celebrating its 40th anniversary. Galactus was a part of that. And there was an issue, uh, where he, you know, brought Reed up to his, brought Reed Richards up to his fortress and they were having like a regular conversation and stuff, but mostly Galactus is like me eat now. And he's standing over planet and absorbing it. That's his whole deal. Um, I think this kind of concerns me because Galactus seems kind of one note. It's like, I show up to eat a planet and the silver surfer, I'm his herald, but I'm going to stop him there. They've already done it. So is this just going to simply be that film again, but better? I mean, I don't know. I, I, I feel like Dr. Doom, Dr. Doom is a little bit more multifaceted because he's the fantastic force main adversary, but it's like starting Spider-Man with the green goblin, right? You don't want to just, jump right to it i don't know you know get me back in the negative zone get me wait are we doing mole man are we gonna do the mole man well he that that was the first issue yeah yeah had the mole man issue two was the the introduction of the scrolls and then yeah dr doom was until issue five so he was he was actually yeah it was not the first one galactus was uh not until issue 50 i mean he was way down the road so i don't know i don't know I would not be the biggest advocate for starting things off. I'm maybe like this is a uh, maybe kind of a Thanos type thing where it's like he's he's mentioned or or something like that. Kind of like the the future threat, because, I mean, if you think about it, what's one of the biggest threats in all of the world? It's Galactus. A guy guy who eats planets. Well, in the universe, because that's he eats planet moves on. So much like Thanos, who kills off half the population, moves moves right along. All right. Well, we'll let all that idle speculation go. But Todd, this is you, because again, there's no speculation about this. This is a show that I thought for some reason was going to be on two months ago, and it's not, but it's coming up. So take it away. Yeah, yeah. So we're very excited. Um, If you're a kid of the 90s, X-Men the animated series was a big deal. First big Marvel things on TV, because before that we just had Spider-Man and his amazing friends and some really shitty (laughs) cartoons that just didn't last. Marvel's action hour. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. We didn't have movies yet that really, you know, we, we were proud of, um, unless you like the incredible Hulk. So, uh, we got, uh, X-Men, the animated series, and it was essentially telling, as close as they probably could at the time, like stories pulled from the comics, you know, episodic with the story arcs really gathering, going deep into the, 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 the Marvel universe with characters. I mean, it covered everything in their arcs and, you know, such a huge fan following. I loved it. I was a little older when this came out. So, you know, I, I didn't watch everything, but I did enjoy it. I thought the animation was horrible, but that's okay. But it's uh, some the of the 90s. voices, yeah. iffy. Exactly. Yeah. What what else could I ask for? So um, we are getting essentially the sequel series, X Men ninety seven, right. and this is bringing back some of the original voice talent, um, which is kind of cool. Some of them are not, just because people are old now. It's been that long, or still, dead. Some are I'm still sure. coming back. <laughs> exactly. You know. So and um, we are seeing a lot of things. Essentially, um, 
Magneto is going to be in charge of the school. That's new. We are going to have apparently the Sentinels involved again. And um, at the end of X-Men, the series, Charles Xavier was taken away from uh, he was brutally injured and Liana from the uh, Shire took him away just like comics yeah, yeah. and uh, to heal him. And, but the beginning of this, we are seeing a funeral we're seeing yeah. like Charles, we love you. So maybe he didn't make it. Um, right, right. And so we'll see where this goes, but they're bringing in some new characters. Uh, Sunspot from the new mutants will be a part of this, which is cool. And um, yeah, I mean, other than that, I don't know uh, how long this is going to be, but there are already action figures out for this, which have kind of spoiled yeah. some things. Yeah. Yeah. I, I didn't know. Well, I mean, I didn't, I don't know that it spoiled things per se. Well, I mean, yeah. has Madeline has Madeline Pryor, Charlie. So if you know oh, where that is, you yeah. know where that's going. Yeah, in, in, Inferno. Yeah. I got it. The Goblin exactly. Queen. Exactly. Yeah, I got yep. it. I got it. Yep. And again, I'm not the biggest, the, yeah. the biggest X-Men guy. I mean, my yeah. most pressing familiarity was the, you know, Claremont burn run. And I've read that a few different times. Cause I love John Byrne and, and Claremont was the bedrock guy for the X-Men in the seventies. And it, he wrote the title for 17 years. Um, and there are not many creators out there who, who have a track record like that on a single title. Nope. Um, so I, so I was a huge fan. Like I said, I like you was on, in high school when this came out, I watched it in passing, but clearly the, the, the vibe was more for people who were, you know, five to 10 years younger than us. Like for example, my friend, Derek, who is my figure collecting partner, this show is his Bible for geek stuff. He loves the X-Men and loves this show. So, um, so yeah, this is pretty exciting. Now we're getting this in just a few weeks. Oh, March 20. Um, but I'm looking to see if this will be, I believe it's 10 episodes. Is it a weekly drop? I'm guessing. I that's weekly, yeah. That's usually what yep. Disney does. So yeah. So I'm fired about the, uh, fired about this. Obviously the trailer's out there. Uh, go check it out. But, um, yeah, March 20 is just a little over. By the time you're listening to this, it's a month away. So. Yeah, this is only Marvel's really, yeah. well, not really, but the second animated uh, series for Marvel for under the, the MCU Disney Plus type of era, because right. we already had uh, some things, uh, you know, some smaller what things. What if? Just more yeah. Disney yeah. Plus, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So what if was the first and this is the second? So um, hopefully this means more. Yeah. More animated projects right. are not a bad thing. Exactly, and oh, I we're getting uh, the, the Spider-Man, uh, the Spider-Man series too. So, oh, the fr- fresh. Well, what was originally called Freshman Year? I don't know what is it called now. Didn't yeah, Freshman. Uh, no, now it's Friendly New- Neighborhood Spider-Man. I think is what it's called. Oh, there we go. Well, I welcome or I, I for one welcome our Ant Overlords. No, I lo- would love to see yes. more Spider-Man. So, all right. Well, let's wrap it up with something that I'm excited about. I'm a little intimidated about. And ultimately, I think I'll be disappointed in because I don't get my hands on it. But in the 1970s, going through the late 1990s, there were a number of crossover projects, which non-canonical within the greater scheme of things, that pitted uh, your biggest heroes of Marvel Comics with your biggest heroes of DC Comics in these big mashups. Now, we had, of course, the treasury-sized Superman versus Spider-Man, which I owned a copy of. It eventually disintegrated down to the point where I only have the cover. I may actually still have that. To my left is my footlocker filled with all my childhood mementos. That cover might be in there, but the comic is not. I do not own it any longer, but we also got, what the hell else? We we got the, I don't know if it's part of this. We got like X-Men and Teen Titans, which I think I have a copy of. Uh, There was a Batman Hulk. Like there was just a lot of really weird ones. Um, And going from that 
and then pushing on to the 90s where there was a whole new series of them, not only of putting those together, uh, of, of combo of like Batman and the Punisher and, you know, uh, Batman and Captain America or different stuff like that. And then going all the way into this faux amalgam comics brand where they literally blended the heroes together. So you got, I have a, a couple of single issues of these, uh, super soldier, which was Superman and captain America, or the, was it the Amazonian, which was like storm and wonder woman dark claw was the biggest one. Cause it was Batman and, and Wolverine. Um, mm-hmm. and Todd, this was, those were all out during the time when you and I, that's when we were both in school. Oh, yeah. so we knew I own a we were, ton we of these. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. Big time, but we're, t- yeah, we're talking I, about two. Yeah, we're talking about two huge omnibuses that are coming out in yeah. August. Uh, that are that are near and a little bit over because there's two of them over a thousand pages uh, for 150 bucks each. That's the daunting part because I usually I don't. Uh, Amazon has the one for 138. I mean, we're talking less than 10 cents a page. So if you look yeah. at it that way, so you're it's you're, not you're saying a lot. that there's pre. There's pre-orders for oh, these yeah, up already. Oh, yeah, I pre-ordered the Amalgam one. I, I oh, pre-ordered I, the Amalgam one from Amazon. Oh, you're right. These are, these are uh, yeah, I'm going to do that while we're talking. So thank you very much. Uh, all right, I've been blabbing. While I do my pre-ordering, you talk. Yeah, so I, I think the important thing is, normally I wouldn't really care about these because, like, oh, they're usually available digitally. I can get them. These are never going to be available digitally. Marvel and DC can't agree on anything. So essentially, because of that, you typically only get a limited run of these things, like the uh, the uh, Justice League versus the Avengers comic, which went back to print and it was sold out immediately. It was way overpriced and you can buy it on uh, eBay now. So that's yep. the big thing. These are only going to be available in a hard copy format. I own, like I said, own some of the other ones, but this just seems something that would be cool to own because it's a piece of history that quite honestly, we may never, ever see again. So it's kind of like, yeah, it's 150 bucks. But I'm like, yeah, it's 150 bucks, but you know, it's, it's piece of history. So it's, it's, it's a context. It's not just another story. These are stories that quite honestly, uh, you know, are are lost in time, excluding the, you know, every 20 to 30 years when may, they may redo them again, unless they lose the rights. And then we only get like half a comic. Right. Marvel's going to publish one half. <laughs> All right. Well, I've got it. You you can actually order both of them, so I pre-ordered both of them. So, yeah. Um, I, I ordered the Malcolm one. I don't really care about the individual ones as much, but you know what? Um, yeah. yeah. You know what is? I'm t- curious it, about that one. As the time gets closer, I might cancel, but still. Uh, definitely the Amalgam yeah. one is the, that's the peach. That's the one, that's one that you really want to yeah. care about. So, no, uh, yeah. no, no, uh, no Superman versus Muhammad Ali. Sorry. Oh, yeah. What a huge disappointment. All right. Well, look for those. And again, I guess my other disappointment is I'd really love to just have them digitally because that's how I like to read stuff, but that's not where the money is. Well, actually, that is where the money is. So it's kind of weird that they're not doing it, but you know what? It's going to be what it's going to be fiddly diddly d but anyway with that that is the end of the news todd time to get up my get out my fuber app my feeble uber app gotta get uh down to the geek easy where the food is bad and the music plays but we do talk about things that we enjoy so let's go talk nerdy to me talk nerdy to me hey secret friends unite let me tell you about zencaster We use them for our show, and now they're supporting us. Zencaster is now the all-in-one solution making podcasting easy. It's the ultimate web-based podcasting solution. Provides high-quality audio and video podcast production and hosting. With a full suite of professional tools, podcasters can seamlessly record, produce, and publish studio-quality content all from one dashboard. 
being a creator has never been easier. And we chose Zencaster because of the ease of use, uh, high quality output, and we it makes it super easy for our guests to come on. Uh, we had multiple solutions we tried before, and Zencaster has just been the best fit for us. Why Zencaster? It's now super easy to record a podcast with Zencaster. Log in using your browser and start recording a high-quality podcast right away. Record studio-quality sounds and up to 4K video with your guests. Feel a sense of Zen knowing Zencaster's multi-layered backups ensure you always have your recordings in the highest quality, even if the connection is unstable. Have you ever worried what you sound like? Zencaster's post-production process makes you sound buttery smooth. It automatically removes those ums and ahs in your recording. It removes those awkward pauses in conversation too. Set the right podcast loudness and levels while reducing background noise with the click of a button. So if you're interested in making an easy, high-quality podcast just with the click of a browser button, go to Zencaster.com slash SFU and use our code SFU you'll get 30% off your first month of any Zencaster paid plan. I want you to have the same easy experience I do for all my podcasting and content needs. It's time to share your story. Now back to the show. Uh, thank you from our sponsors. And now back to our time we spend at the wonderful Geek Easy for a drink, a bit of food, and a time to geek out. Um, so this week, I'm going to discuss a movie I saw last week with my wife, and that was Lisa Frankenstein. Mm, so this movie is written by Diablo, Diablo Cody, and it is directed by Zelda Williams, who's the daughter of Robin Williams. And oh, yeah, she's, okay. she's directed before, so it's really kind of like a, a, a new collaboration between these two. And this movie, the best way to put it, this is like, a tale of Frankenstein melded with Heathers and it's set in the eighties set in the eighties. That's why it's Lisa Frankenstein. So you think of Lisa Frank, the stickers, the girl that would have like all of the, the, the company that made all like the unicorn stickers and bright right. and funny on your, on your, uh, what was it? The, the uh, trapper keeper. That's right. The, the, yeah. Right. Uh, yep. The tone of this movie is a black comedy. It is goofy. It is weird. The casting is very fun. Um, it's got, um, oh, I'm blanking on her name, uh, Carlo Gugino. She plays the stepmom. Oh, gotcha. In a yeah. very unique way. She and plays her like way over the top. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And um, the uh, the star, uh, Lisa, that's a, uh, uh, Catherine Newton, right? Didn't you say? Mm -hmm. From from yeah. the from Aunt Man. She's the grown up. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And she is really good in this because she plays not your stereotypical weird girl. She plays a weird, weird girl, like kind of <laughs> not like the kind of like, uh, you know, you think of like the weird girl from like Beetlejuice or, mm, you know, Lydia, Hattie, you know, Winona, yeah. the Winona Ryder era. She's kind of even weirder than her because she's all over the place. And then you've got some different characters playing uh, you know, a little bit against type, which I like. They play with the tropes of the 80s. Uh, but Lisa, her 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 mom, <laughs> I'll give you the premise. Her mom was killed by a slasher. Uh, so she, her dad and her are kind of trying to find their way. And then her dad gets remarried to this woman. Uh, and along the way, her mother's not very nice. But her step stepsister, who's a cheerleader, very popular, is like 
the total opposite uh, cheerleader for a movie. Super nice, super supportive, really goes against cast, which I liked a lot. Yeah, yeah. And um, but Lisa's an outcast. She's just not she's just not a normal kid. She's doing her own thing. And she wants to find love. And and all I'll say is it goes into Frankenstein character territory. Yes. By trying to basically it's 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 this i guess this movie was supposed to be r-rated originally went pg-13 but yeah. plays with the frankenstein mythology yeah. in an 80s tone uh you definitely feel it um yeah i i, I really this is movie is not for everybody it's going to have yeah. times where you're like i don't get it or that's weird or i, I don't like the humor yeah but if you like black comedies that play with the 80s tropes and do something a little bit different I think you'll have a great time. I yeah. really enjoyed this one. You know, April really loved Heather's growing up. And if you really feel that it's got that vibe, man, maybe it's worth it us. Definitely yeah. Does. Maybe yeah. Worth, worth us catching it once it gets to streamer or just on a date night. Cause Hey, you know, we don't have any problems seeing movies of any kind as we'll no. talk about in our next segment. Um, so yes. this, no, that, that's interesting. So, well, cool. Um, I, uh, fulfilled a contractual obligation and actually read a book this week, or I started a book. Contractual um, obligation. Wow, Charlie, how how exciting. Yeah, I know. Um, no, several months ago, a friend of the show, uh, Kurt Krug, uh, we call him Cool Kurt because he's connected us uh, with some yeah. interview opportunities that we need to fi finally follow through on, um, actually connected me with his contact at Simon & Schuster Publishing, which has the rights for the Star Trek books. Uh, I've gotten a few. Uh, I will admit I've been bad at actually sitting down and reading one, but you know what? With a little bit of extra time on my hands, I grabbed one uh, that I got several weeks back, which actually comes out in about 10 days. I just checked the publication date. Uh, in the Star Trek Picard parlance, this is the story of the character of Seven of Nine immediately following the end of Star Trek Voyager. So we're jumping backwards in time uh, from where we you know, meet her, uh, or where we leave her, I should say, at the end of season three of Star Trek Picard, where she's, you know, achieved the uh, captaincy of the USS Enterprise. Uh, G headed out into the great unknown, but we take it all the way back to really just a couple of years uh, after the end of Voyager. So I shouldn't say immediately, but it's just a couple. Uh, she has, during this period of time, uh, been attempting to acquire Federation citizenship, has been turned down multiple times, has been attempting to gain a commission in Starfleet, has been turned down multiple times, and she's at a point where she's on Earth, and she finally uh, says to Janeway, uh, Admiral, who is her mentor, you know what, I'm, I'm leaving Earth. I just, I can't take this anymore. I'm persecuted. I'm going to go find my fair uh, out in the galaxy. And she ends up on some backwood scug hole, and you immediately feel like, this is kind of a Star Wars background. You know, she's living on a crappy planet. It's not like the Federation, which is clean and squeaky and everybody eats out of a replicator and, and everything is free and you have clean clothing and everything's great. She's living in some dump and just dragging through life when at least it's, I'm about 50 pages into this 300 page book uh, where she gets uh, approached by. Uh, someone from the non-Starfleet on the Federation side, like the this criminal investigation division. And they're like, we need a, an observant report on this uh, terrorist group or this independent mercenary group called the Fenris Rangers, which we learned about in the first season of Picard. Because when we meet her there, that's who she works for. And this is after 
you know, 20 something years. Um, we just need you to observe, observe and report on them. And she goes off to do that. And that's where, you know, the story is ongoing, kind of where I've left it off. So, uh, I'm getting the feeling that, you know, seven's being set up by who this, whoever this smooth dude is, because he's probably going to really want her to rat them out. And these people are, they're freedom fighters on the, you know, frontier of, you remember, this is when the Romulan empire is collapsing and they're, you know, fighting for freedom in the zone. So it's kind of like the Maquis was in, in earlier Star Trek, but not quite so hokey. Um, this It's really edgy. So uh, I'm enjoying it so far. You know, being that I'm on a Star Wars kick lately, I'm enjoying the kind of Mandalorian, like, you know, gunslinger, everything is pretty crappy kind of vibe. Uh, that's very not Star Trek, very not Starfleet, not everything shiny and clean. Like I said, your next meal comes out of a replicator or... Maybe, but where Seven lives, her replicator is broken, and the, she goes through this whole scene where it only makes um, like soggy vegetables, no matter what she asks it to produce, so that she can have some to eat. And she asks for a drink, and it makes soggy vegetables. So it's just, it's interesting. Wah, wah. Exactly. So, so I'm interested to see where this goes. Uh, again, again, thanks to Simon and Schuster uh, for supplying that for me. I enjoy the, where it's going, and by the time you're listening to this, uh, you should be able to snag that not only from your local bookseller, uh, but certainly from the good folks at amazon and kindle so look plug 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 contractual obligation i'll finish this and i'll read the biography of patrick stewart that they gave me months ago that that i didn't get around to reading so i apologize but that's fun it's fun to sit down and read a book um todd both you and i are pretty crappy at that um but you know what the purpose of uh of living in life is to try to improve yourself and do better so this is my effort to do well that. apparently i need a contractual obligation to uh, i know tell myself well we'll see if we can do that which is why I, I also recently wrote to the people who uh published the star wars books for the same reason but have not heard back <laughs> so <laughs> well, after they um, heard that rousing contractual obligation uh <laughs> comments yeah, they're like exactly mm, mm, yes. yes i'm contractually obligated to be here like a you know like a family function um so anyway uh with that todd time to get out of the geek easy yet again i'm not paying this check i still don't know why they let us back in here because we never do uh but it is time to get down to the land down under got my air Qantas app out because hologram tina and the mutants and our own dear madam webb are waiting for us down there to talk about none other than madam webb so let's go to another edition of Thunderdome! Thank you, Tina! We're sitting in the Thunderdome for a topic or a game to be entertained. The mutants are gathered, and they are ready for this special spoiler cast. It's all it's coming Webb. to this! It's Madam Web, so folks, if you've not seen Madam Web, uh, and you intend to do so, come back when you have. If you don't intend to, Stick around because you're going to enjoy the ride. You better believe um, it. <laughs> Madam Web is a Sony Pictures 2024 film, part of the S Sony universe of Spider-Man characters. It's either called the Spum or we call it the Spumco, but other people call it the S-P-U-M-M -M or Spider-Man Cinematic Universe, whatever it is. It's Spider-Man yes. movies with no Spider-Man. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. So this is the fourth film after we had venom one venom two morbius and now madam web we are getting craven and right. a venom three other than that i don't think any other movies are announced okay. to actually happen so that's where we're at in the the terms of those uh things so the the uh here is the plot in a switch from the typical genre Madam Web tells the standalone origin story of one of Marvel's publishing's most en enigmatic heroines, 
The suspense-driven thriller stars Dakota Johnson as Cassandra Webb, a paramedic in Manhattan who develops the power to see the future and realize she can use that insight to change it. Forced to confront revelations from her past, she forges a relationship with three young women bound for powerful destinies if they can all survive a deadly present. The present is not this movie. Um, (laughs) Director (laughs) S.J. Carl Clarkson. Writers Matt Sazama, Brooke Sharpless, and Claire whoa, 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 whoa. I'm assuming let, let they didn't just, keep yeah. any of the real names. Let me All just the stop. names are changed to protect let me the ju- guilty. Yeah. Let me just stop you right there. You're implying that this film had writers. I am good. Yeah, I, I object. Charlie, I really, you can name like like animals, like human names. So I'm assuming it's, it's oh, chimpanzee, so chimpanzee, and yeah. chimpanzee. So Matt is a cat. Uh, Burke is another cat. And Claire is a squirrel. Yes. Basically, so like when you're okay. working at home and when your cat jumps up on your desk and, and walks across your keyboard, you're like, here, just imagine that for yeah. like a month. Yeah. Uh, Katie, give me a punch up on this scene. Right. Yeah. Right. That went dialogue. all to AI. Yeah. It went all to AI. Oh and there God. you go. There, there. That's our movie. Um. So, yes, the budget was about 80 million dollars. So where, where, where that might be the only good news. Didn't spend where, a lot yeah. on this. And where folks, did it go? I think you can see where it went. Um, yeah. Uh, so our cast is Dakota Johnson. Sydney Sweeney, Isabel Merced, Celeste O'Connor, Tahar Rahim, Mike Epps, Emma Roberts, Adam Scott. And then from there, so you get into so like forth. great descriptions of people like yeah. fresh face nurse, beautiful woman. Oh, and she, Jill, doctor Jill of autometry. Jill, Jill, yeah, Jill Hennessy is a very beautiful woman. So you got it. Julia's Julia's half sibling. Oh, I was wondering who that was. They didn't. They didn't even give her a name. It's just beautiful woman. <laughs> beautiful girls. <laughs> Tinder date. Uh, yes. So let me let me paint a picture here. If I let me let me give you Charlie's take uh, uh, from the get go. So uh, scene: the Amazon rainforest, 1973. You have an extraordinarily pregnant woman with no husband, uh, who is a science person making a lot of notes in a journal and talking about stuff. And there's some dude who's there. Are we, do we know why he's there? I'm not sure. Um, he's like her, uh, protector, like kind of like the guy that helps her when she's in the jungle. And that would be Ezekiel. Yes. Now Ezekiel, it's funny because April asked me really early on, why is the dude, why is Ezekiel running around in the present, not wearing shoes that actually, uh, does come from the comics. Ezekiel Sims is yet another Peter Parker clone that came from the '90s uh, Spider-Man clone saga. In Not show. in this one. Not yeah, in this no. one. He's just a big old jerkwad. If he's um, a clone, I don't know what happens because yeah, he isn't anymore. Because this movie set in '73. This um, oh, th- this yeah. framing sequences. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um. So anyway, it does turn out that Ezekiel Sims is a bad guy because uh the. Uh, Ms. Webb, I don't not remember her name, uh, finds this mythical spider, but then Ezekiel decides to shoot up their camp and steal it and shoots her in the belly. But in this Amazon rainforest, there are literal people who have Spider-Man powers. They're running around the treetops. They're painted red. They're wearing wicker outfits for some reason. I think it's like it's supposed to be like like it looks supposed to look like webs on their body. Yeah, so it's like almost like. So anyway, they they come yeah. upon uh you know Dakota Johnson's character's mother and they scoop her. Well, you know I keep saying that, but her name's got to be in here somewhere. Is it Amaria? There's a picture of a woman here in the cast called Amaria, played by Zoja. No, no, that, that was the girl in the chair. Is it Constance. Yeah. Oh, it's Carrie Bechet. Constance. Yeah. 
Constance Webb. Constance Webb. Constance Webb. So anyway, Constance, Constance Webb ends up in like a like a pool of like healing goo. And in order to heal her, they let another spider bite her in the chest. And then the baby pops out, which and then she and then Constance is dead. Awesome. Flash forward 30 something years. Now it's 2003. And, oh, and, and Santiago says, I'll watch out for her. Right. So, yes. Thank you, Freddie, foreshadowing. We appreciate so he tosses that. her into a foster home. <laughs> yeah. And, and across international borders, too. Did he like put her in a catapult and be like, you're going to New York. Boop. Your problem now, New York. <laughs> yeah, th- yeah. Thanks, USA. We don't, we don't want any of your immigrant trash. Goodbye. <laughs> oh. How did you get uh, over the boy? We, I guess we, you know, and even after 9-11, or no, that was before 9-11, there was a great 9-11 bit in here that relates to some travel that happens later that I'll touch on that I was like, wow. Um, but anyway, flash forward, now it's 2003. Dakota Johnson is the adult Cassandra Webb, the baby. Um, her partner in uh, running around being an EMT is Adam Scott playing Ben Parker. Hmm. Who uh, they're pals, but they're not related. They're not in a related romantic, not romantic interests yeah, or anything. Yeah, you know? because you know Cassie's needling him, and he says, "I got a real serious girlfriend now, who I'm not going to name." I met someone. Yeah. I met someone who's really great, but um, my sister-in-law, Mary Parker, who is Emma Roberts, who was not a Mary Parker type. Mary and Richard Parker are Peter Parker's parents. They were both Shield agents. Now it now. Uh, Richard is not around and it's like as they're talking around the subject like where's yeah where's uh Richard this week oh he might be in Mumbai or something so maybe he he is but she is not then I was talking to everybody she's like well maybe she was a shield agent but she was just playing dumb I'm like no I think she was really dumb because her character is an idiot everybody's a spy Charlie everybody's everybody a spy. and there's spies running around this basement I'm sure but anyway yes uh so Cassandra has a near-death experience during a rescue, she falls into the East River, which I think would kill anybody immediately because of all the pollution. But she's, you know, dead for three minutes and she comes back to life. And this has activated latent abilities, as we found out as the time goes on, where she gets little glimpses, you know, 30 seconds, five minutes into the future of stuff going on. Which is tangentially connected, if you listen to our last episode, with madam webb an elderly character on total life support who lives in this big web and she's a fortune teller so there's your tangential connection um back in the you know we're still in the present obviously we see the ezekiel sims character again and he has recurring nightmares from the future where three extraordinarily attractive and multi-ethnic we don't know that yet right right we don't know that yet because because we don't know about that until we see him pick right. up a woman right. for a date. And that is actually, to your point. Oh, that's uh, Jill Hennessy, beautiful woman. Got yes, it. Beautiful woman. So he takes this woman on a date. He's a handsome man. And he picks, he's at the, he's, they're at a the theater opera presentation. Or whatever. He yeah. picks her up. They, they have the, uh, the, the pickle tickle. And he wakes up from a nightmare of basically being right. attacked by spider women. Right. Spider, like I said, very beautiful and ethnically diverse spider women. That would be Sydney yeah. Sweeney, Isabel Merced, and Celeste O'Connor. Who and then are, he does yeah. an information dump. 
to he, her. Yes, he goes exposition crazy, and then he pulls out a poison and steals her ID because she's actually with the NSA. Well, it doesn't yeah. even pull it out. He 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 has the ability to poison. That's right. People. He's got spider poison yeah. in his finger. <laughs> That's what he does. Which yeah. I, that was not a property of that character. But you know what? Again, they're it they're now they're ducking and weaving and throwing shit in wherever. So time goes by, and Cassandra catches wind of uh oh she's yeah she's on the subway because she's going to go to a funeral of one of her co-workers who she saw die but couldn't pre- saw died in a vision but couldn't prevent it and as she's on this train these three beautiful young women who as as we know are younger versions of the spider women that we saw in these not even women charlie these are high school kids yeah they're just so they're just girls pretty careful in this. but i mean they, yeah. yeah they're 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 women but they're not really you know they're they're all in their 20s in real life so i'm not trying to be gross but regardless, um, that's when Ezekiel shows up. He's seeing, you know, Cassandra's flashing forward, seeing him killing them on the train. So he bustles them off the train. And Ezekiel has a spider suit, which he just kind of takes on and off for no good reason. Obviously, he's trying to protect his identity or whatever. And then this is where things get very nonsensical, even in a comic book movie. So Cassandra steals a taxi cab with the girls in the back. They drive to New Jersey into the woods in the middle of the day. The forest, yes. The for- yep. Yeah, where they have no food. Uh, she starts a fire uh, so that they can stay warm in the middle of the day because I guess that's a thing. Uh, Cassie says, I'm going to be back in three hours. You guys stay here. To do gonna- what? Yeah, just stay here. And She runs back to her apartment because she's got to go through this trunk of stuff and find her mom's journal. So anyway, the girls are hanging around. And of course, you've got, you know, the bad girl. Uh, you've got the smart bad girl and you've got the super. Well, nerdy girl. we know one smart because she has a shirt that says something about math. Yep. We've got yep. the nerdy girl because she's not very secure in herself. And, and wears and glasses. Got, and then you've got the rich girl who is the bad kid. Yes, who, exactly. Who don't give a cap. Right. She does. I got a skateboard, Charlie. I got a skateboard. Oh, the skateboard is a very pivotal part, and it gets broken later on. I and know. she likes to eat because you won't like her when she's hangry. Yeah, right. That's why she eats all the beef jerky, which was the only food they found in the cab. <laughs> so anyway, by the time Cassandra gets back, the girls have wandered up the road to a diner where they're eating. To reenact Coyote uh, Ugly. Yes, they decide to start <laughs> dancing to a, to a, a popular song of the time. Toxic by Britney Spears. And uh but Cassandra they paid, they paid for rights for that song. I can't believe wow. that 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 was uh 70 of the 80 million dollars right there. <laughs> um but at this point, Ezekiel and his girl in the chair, who is Amaria or Zazla Mamet, who you see in our credits here. Oh, yeah, she's her hacker. They're using all the CCV cameras and all this different stuff. They find the girls, and then Cassandra shows up in time to to prevent Ezekiel from well, killing she them. She sees everybody get killed. Yeah, right. And then and she's like, oh, I know how to stop them. I'm going to drive the cab through the front of the diner, and it creates enough of diversion that even though it smashes up the front of the cab, they still drive away in it. Hits him. Yeah, hits Ezekiel. And yeah, exactly. Drive away. And so Cassandra takes them to a no-tell motel where all of the girls have an exposition dump like, well, nobody's going to miss me because my parents aren't around. And uh, Isabel Merced's character, her, you know, she, 
her, her my dad, dad was, was deported, deported. and so then and then beautiful sydney sweeney her you know her mom is in an insane asylum and her her dad is remarried and they don't like her so she just nobody's gonna miss me so let's the three of us stay in this Did motel you notice, room so, let's go back did you notice oh, yeah. at the beginning that was she was part of that family that Cindy, that that Cassie mm-hmm. saved, and she was like, "Oh, Dad, I'm going to go back to the house." Yeah. So it's like they forced them into this. Like they did, and then of course, yeah. uh, Maddie Franklin uh, was a uh, schoolgirl who flipped off the ambulance when she got honking yes. out of the street. So they just had to sneak him in. And then uh, yeah, uh, Anya, of course, owner Isabella Merced's character lived lives in. Uh, Cassie's building, and you see her arguing oh, really? with the super. Yeah, you see her oh, arguing with the super. Right. I'm going to kick you out. Yeah, okay, I'm yeah, going to kick totally you out. Yeah, her. I need the rent or yeah. whatever, but her dad's not even there. So, um, but yeah, they're like, no, we'll stay with you. So, no, you know, and already, you know, Cassie's in trouble because she, it appeared that she abducted these girls. Remember back in the train station? And, so lame. And they're kind of just like, yeah, well, I'm going to slam cups on. And she never, because again, Cassie works for. The, you know, the, the, the fire, yeah, well, yeah. fire department in New York City, which is fire and police. She's, you know, she's, she's a, a paramedic. She's a public yeah. servant. So, but she never whips out her badge and said, hey, you know, don't arrest me. This is what's going I on. I found that very odd. Yeah. Exactly. And then when they go back to the hotel, they get the hotel. She had taken off the plates off the taxi. No, no, she didn't. Honestly. Yeah. Yeah. She did do yeah. that. But still driving around in what was obviously a stolen car. Um, but yeah, Cassie, Cassie then tries to leave them all in the middle of the night, but then her grief overcomes her and goes back. She calls Ben. Ben comes to pick the girls up to go see. I'm staying with Mary for a few days because Mary is, we didn't touch on this, like eight and three quarters of a month pregnant with a baby who we don't know who the baby is, even though it's a baby shower. Uh, with the baby oh, shower, we were supposed to guess his name at the, at yeah, the baby right. shower. We didn't and get to do that. We didn't that. get around to it because we never know. But anyway, she's about to pop, and her, uh, you know, R- Richard, her husband, is still away. Um, so anyway, Ben stays at his sister-in-law and brother's house with these three girls, which is a terrible idea because they're well, being Cassie they're being goes to get, where Charlie. Oh yeah. This is awesome. So Cassie, this is what I said to April. I said, Cassie drives the stolen car to JFK and buys a ticket back to Peru. Now this is after nine 11 and there's already probably a bolo out on her, which would put her on some kind of a watch lift with, uh, with, with I'm sure Homeland security, but she gets through, she flies down there so that she can hook up with the main spider spider people guy who's with Santiago, uh, who said, I'll be watching you, which didn't make any sense. But then we go through this whole origin story where she's led back to the pool where she was born. She has visions that the real reason her mom was in the Amazon doing this is because in utero, it was uh, diagnosed that that Cassie Webb had this inoperable crippling disease yes. and spiders in the Amazon had a potential mythical cure. And her doctor was like, you can't do that. And she's like, I'm not going to let my daughter blah, 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 this and that. So I'm going to the Amazon. So that happens. Cassie figures out what's going on that her mom was, you know, really loved her and, and gave her life to save her. So then she goes back to New York again on a plane. I have no idea. I'm surprised she didn't drive. Oh, I, I, she didn't drive the cab to Peru. That would have been safer. <laughs> I just looked up the ticket. I was like, how expensive is it, and how long does it take to get to Peru? So from JFK to to, to Lima, which is in Peru, yeah, it's three hundred eighty five dollars one way. That's, That's not, not bad. bad. Yeah, no, but, but how long, it, how long it is, is also. 
like 27 <laughs> hours. <laughs> it is. It Well, it says JFK to Lima is only 10 hours. I'm like, that's surprisingly quick. I mean, that's about twice as long as it would take to fly across the USA. Because like, yeah, like like New York to L.A. is maybe five. Yeah, I mean, hours. you're going straight down. I mean, you're just yeah. going straight down south. But yeah, south exactly. I just so, was like surprised. And it's like, quite honestly, where the hell does she know where she's going? It's like, right. I'm going to find that tree. It's in the book. Her mom was at in Peru. It's in the book. Years her ago. mom, even though she got shot, and she was taking all these great notes, even though she, she was. She put coordinates know. on? Yeah. Didn't she? Wasn't that in the book? Maybe there was. I was just thought that was so bizarre. It's like, yep, I'm going to go to a place that haven't yeah. been in 30 years, and I'll I'll make it. And I'll, it just, I'll know it, exactly it, just right se- it just seems super twisty. But anyway, she gets back to New York. But just as she's arriving, Mary Parker goes into labor. And even though the girls have been hiding out, once they they all leave to take married to the hospital one of the ccv cameras grabs one of the girl's face so the uh, maria the girl in the chair lets ezekiel know so he puts his spider suit back on and he's gonna go murder him but you know it's just the exact moment that cassie is returning in the cab she finds him at the exact right moment and and here's my favorite twist cassie takes the girls Puts them in an it puts them in an ambulance and steals a second vehicle. <laughs> well, no, Charlie. Even before that, she knows exactly where Cassie knows exactly where Ezekiel's going to be. She drives through a structure up above and flies through the air right. in the truck and then hits him. Like, oh, that's right. That's why we. That's why the cab was out of commission. That's yeah, why she needed like, to steal another yeah. vehicle. So then there's a, a ch- and again she steals the vehicle and from people she works with. So maybe that's not even really stealing, but she's just like, hey, I'm not working today. But again, how Cassie got in and out of the airport in a stolen vehicle. And nobody has seen this man anyways, right? Yeah. No one has noticed there's a dude doing any of this. Yeah, there's there's nothing to corroborate and there's no like superheroes around anyway. So people don't know. Um, So anyway, she's in the ambulance. And there's this whole sequence where, you know, they she's like, charge up the the paddles on the paddles. and stick it to the roof. And so he lands on the roof and he's chasing them. And they finally get to now. This is a callback to earlier in the film when Cassie's co-worker, who was played by Mike Epps, died in a car crash. They were putting out a fire at a. I swear to God, this goes right back to Itchy and Scratchy and Poochie at a fireworks factory. When are they going to get to the fireworks factory? (laughs) So Cassie goes back to this. They go back to the scene of where this fire was at the fireworks factory. After they cleared out the scene, they apparently left all the fireworks there because this abandoned building, which anyone can walk into, is full of deadly fireworks. So that becomes our third act of the film is that they're going to use by all means one of the worst plans I've ever seen to take out a bad guy. They're going to go into the fireworks factory and use kind of the art of deception by setting off fireworks to use the environment to destroy him. And so that is the third act of our film she's setting off fireworks things are exploding these girls who are teenagers with no fighting abilities or superpowers of any kind and cassie really doesn't have except for her precognition she doesn't have any other fighting abilities or spider powers but ezekiel yeah they're going back and forth now at, at a moment of duress we get cassie to finally exhibit her first power, which she can astral project herself like Dr. Strange can. Before that, Charlie, 
Before that, Charlie, these fireworks aren't just fireworks. These are missiles because apparently they can shoot through freaking brick walls. They're blow- yeah, things are blowing up and and the then, roof is going up. Yeah, and-, and then you know the the big set piece at the end is the sign on the front of the building which faces out towards Not to you the by harbor. Pepsi. There is so. <laughs> so much whoring out to the pepsi corporation in this movie it's it, it's absurd i mean pepsi, i laughed pepsi, I laughed. Pe- pepsi made their money out of this deal no um, they didn't they're sure they did. this like why did we sign up for this it depends on how much it depends on how much sony paid them. i haven't this, seen any like madam web pepsi cans to tell you the truth so i, I mean i don't know <laughs> But their solution to get away from him or trap him was to keep going up inside this building. That's falling down. Falling apart. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and that, what do they do, Charlie? They call a helicopter. Right. Like, does a right. helicopter just come whenever you call? And how do like, they call yeah, one? We need a helicopter on the south side of this building. Yeah, and exactly. <laughs> and and with all the shooting off fireworks, the helicopter gets destroyed. So then Cassie's responsible for those deaths, too. So thanks a lot. Ugh. Um, And so. And what is. So I, I've got one question about that. When they're going and just she one. picks up like a piece of metal. And is she's like deflecting things. Right. She grabbed a chunk and she's doing a Captain America. I could do this metal. all day. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, but it's not like she's powerful. She's just deflecting fireworks. The fireworks that before previously destroyed a went brick, brick, walls. brick door. <laughs> They're situationally dangerous fireworks. Yes, we'll just, yes. We'll just put it like some that. are like snappers. You know, you yeah. throw around, or right. some are those snakes, and some are like the, the, the sparklers. Yeah, that, that will explode toilets. The whisker biscuits. Yes, all the uh, remember the scene from Joe Dirt where he's naming all the fireworks. The good, the good, uh, the good fireworks you get from Wisconsin. Oh right, oh right, like like we talked about in, in uh, our last cover yeah. from a couple episodes ago. So at any rate, uh, you know we're down to our final battle. It's Ezekiel versus Cassie. Um, there's the biggest explosion. She gets hit in the face with the firework and falls into the ocean or into well, the harbor. Oh. You, you mentioned her powers, so that each girl is in mortal yeah, danger. Yeah, that's the astral one projection. Yeah, one is going to fall into, the, into the, the, I mean, everybody's way at risk. Right. Um, at any point, Cassie could have taken these kids to, I don't know, the police precinct. Right. Because that's exactly what she was going to do anyway with the damn helicopter. But it was, but no, the, yes. It was the, all this at risk on a building, about to die, and then she uses, yeah, her projection power, which quite honestly, I don't know what it actually did. It was just, she could, it was like, it was like Dr. Strange, right? Like he could just, get, it's like a ghost, like a ghost power of some kind. But did she like just up? give them, did she actually pitch the, pick them up or was she just saying, hey, you're going to be okay. And like, give them like information. <laughs> Pat on the back. Hey, <laughs> you're going to be all right. Actually, Why don't you yeah, walk over projection. there? Yeah. <laughs> I did. If you, it's not that far to fall. It's going to so, be yeah. okay. So, yeah, exactly. You, you know what? The, you need to fall down so that you can get it. She turns into a fortune cookie. Um, yeah. But anyway, so the 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 big the big explosion, she, she gets hit in the face with a firework, falls into the water. The firework blinds her. Um, we get a big callback to when she was teaching the girls CPR for no good oh, reason. Of course. And in the hotel room. Because the poison, she, Charlie. Yeah, you get she, the poison. Oh, the poison. The that's right. Oh, that was the other thing. Ezekiel uh, uh, exudes poison when he touches somebody, but uh, because of Cassie's uh, latent developing powers, the poison does not kill her. So maybe that's no. where that comes up as I'm real. But anyway, yeah, they have to fish Cassie out of the water and the girls having learned CPR because teenagers are so good at retaining things after one lesson, they're able to save her life. And then 
we cut to the end of the film. And this is where they really turn the heat up <laughs> on the ridiculous. So this is where things I really can't explain. Yeah. So some time has passed and uh, Cass Cassandra has what looks well, like a, a, a much different well, part. We, yeah. we haven't gotten there yet, Charlie. We've got, we've got, we got to get to the, the sappy part. So we found out about the baby, the baby's born. So yeah. we they're back at the hospital. Oh, so baby's yes, born. Yes, they don't yes. mention the name, right? I don't think they mentioned the baby's name. And yeah, and then Ben is there, and then and then so yeah, there's a baby and blah blah. Ben and Mary are both present in the room. If we assume R- is Peter. We're, we're R- just gonna make that assumption. Richard still doesn't show up after, and maybe he's oh. on his way. Um, but anyway, then you flash to a different hotel room. There's Cassandra with the bandages over her well, eyes. Yes, yeah, and, the hospital room, and yeah, they 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 visit her, and, and the gr- all yeah. of a sudden she goes super sappy, like. Oh, I can't see, but I've never seen more clearly now. You're, you're, you're mine. You're all my girls. No, but and, my dad, well, that's, yeah. we jump forward out of the hotel. And I loved how Sydney Sweeney, God bless her heart, walks in and says, and Ben wanted to see how you were and tell you that he loves being an uncle. I'm like, why does he love being an uncle? They're still in the, they're still in the hospital. The kid got bored. Has, has the kid, yeah. crab, has the kid vomited in your face yet? You're going to love it a whole lot less. Trust Aww. me. But anyway, then, yeah, you're right. Then we jump forward to exactly what you're talking about. Cassandra. Andrew now no, has. They said that at the. They said that at the hospital though, like when she's blind, is sitting in the bed, goes, "Oh, I can't see, but I just have you." So they're all getting lovey dovey. Yeah, then, yeah, yeah. But so, but it yeah. gets it gets worse. Oh when yeah, we, gets you know, when we jump forward to not too distant down the line from there time wise cassandra has a new apartment or at least it looked like it was a new apartment where she's sitting in front of a, she's blind but she's also in a wheelchair did she get crippled i missed that part i'm assuming she broke her back <laughs> oh that's why she if she broke her back why is she sitting up oh the the bed bed goes up bed goes down bed goes up bed goes down you know okay so they, cassandra, they never never land on your back flat in the water right. you know cassandra's yeah. sitting there she's wearing some awesome dior sunglasses looking fantastic and the girls walk into her apartment they're laughing and joking they're all best pals they've got chinese food they're gonna sit down and eat and uh cassandra whips her chair around and she's like, Cassandra, how are you doing? How are your eyes? Oh, I see better than I've ever seen in my life. Well, Cassandra, tell us what you see. And then you get this. What I see oh. is you girls in the future, never backing down and always doing what's right. And you're seeing the only the second appearance of them in some pretty comically accurate outfits. Like, sure. Like uh, Sydney Sweeney's character should be Julia Carpenter, but her last name is Julia Cornwall for no good reason. But she is in the very comic accurate secret yeah. wars black spider woman outfit and then the other girls are one girl is uh, anya corazon is another is, is a spider girl whatever and they're all you know if, you look, if you look is that yeah, Aranya? if you look over my shoulder you'll see my spider shell but i also have spider people going kind of all around i think oh yeah Aranya's right over here we can't can't quite see her she's hanging between yeah, my and two maddie Spider-Man franklin posters. was spider woman yes correct that i do remember with, uh, with the spider tendrils from her back yeah kind of like iron spider in yeah yeah yeah. um and so that is the end of the film well and then cassandra was also in costume too floating above them as well which was never a part of the madam web character um but madam web also was an, an anciently old woman which dakota johnson is not um so that's the end of the film Oh boy, Charlie! Oh boy, I have to tell uh, you. I have to tell you. Go ahead, please. 
I was going to say the movie was an hour and 57 minutes just to give yeah. everyone an idea of like that roller coaster took all of those minutes and there was right. no extra credit scene. They essentially did the extra credit scene in the right. last part of the movie. And so the la- good for that, them. that last part of the movie, I was going to say, I was left wondering why Cassandra has a nice new apartment, what she does for a living. Did she then become a psychic that she can afford Did this she, huge studio I think she apartment? Sued, I think she sued, sued the fireworks factory. EMS, no, yeah. the EMS department for allowing her to steal yeah. her vehicles and get and she, hurt she, on yeah. the job during the, uh, the helicopter rescue. So it's all workman's comp. That's why that's what yes. takes care of her yes. for the rest of her life. Okay. Yes. Um, and these girls are, now her wards like batman and robin and like the bat family even though two of them have real families right but who don't want them or and then the only one doesn't have a parent who wants her is deported out of the country are they doing anything to help him yeah we never did find out if she's actually a legal u.s citizen or if she should get deported as well you don't know they could have taken you know what they could have taken the trip to peru together and picked up her dad i don't know know that's where he went (laughs) uh Charlie has been teleported back to his home planet. <laughs> My home planet needs me. Yes. Yeah, you're right. So there's absolutely no no touching upon why these girls are just hanging around or whatever. But anyway, yeah, then we get the credits is, uh, what was the song? Was it the Cranberry song? What was, what played? Yes, Linger. Linger, wasn't it Linger? Yeah. No, it was the, um, oh, because you're a dream to me, dream oh, to yeah, me. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was the, uh, one of the Cranberries' three hits. Um, yeah, 2006 movie. So there was some cell phones. They were rudimentary. iPhone hadn't come out yet. It was, so two, it was two, again, like Blackberries. It was, and, it was it was 2003. Yes. Uh, no, the movie was 2006. Oh, okay. 1973 so she, was. The, oh, okay. The, yeah. I swear it's in 2003. But anyway, regardless. But yeah, it was really very low tech. Uh, you know, at one point, Cassandra is in her apartment uh, being sad and she has an answering machine um, and is watching things on a small crappy TV and VHS. So, yes, it's very endemic of the time. No, no tech, except for the girl in the chair who's using Early tech. Yeah. Yeah. Who's using NSA technology that she got from. I'm sorry. One more time. Beautiful woman, Jill Hennessy. Um, all right. So let's go through my Reader's Digest version of where I landed with this incomprehensible nonsense there was that everything was forced nothing really connected um i'm gonna hold this i'm gonna hold this right up against catwoman which i saw recently april and i saw it and then we reviewed it in our patreon segment for our show bad trip to the movie with cardins i had never seen that film because it had been famously uh panned um with very little connective tissue to anything related to the source material, incomprehensible plot developments. Everything was super convenient. You know, Cassie, nobody could stop her stealing cars and flying to Peru and kidnapping girls, leaving them in the woods, uh, abandoning them in a hotel, but having a change of heart, magically teaching them CPR. I mean, from A to B to C to back the way through Z and double A and super Q nothing, nothing stacked, you know, uh, you might have some decent actors in this, uh, some experienced actors in this. I don't know which one of them that would be because much like in the George Lucas prequels, you can have great actors, but if you have no script and if you have no direction, there's nothing, there's nothing to generate a great performance from an actor. This movie might have been all AI, for all I know. I don't right. know. Uh, yeah. 
no, re- no some movies are just bad right. and they don't take AI to be bad. And some things are, you know, could be good, but AI essentially doesn't know how to, you know, differentiate good and bad. They don't know humans, emotions, and right. good, bad, you know, whatever. Right. Um, I would say Adam Scott was a standout, Without which a is doubt. so weird because he wasn't given much to work with, but I thought he actually could act through it, right. had some personality in this, but outside of him, I don't know what Mike Epps was doing in this film. He was I, pointless. It was a check. He was part. It was part of that eighty million dollars. Somehow he got a couple of. He was there to die because that was yeah. he was and to be our first real. You know of what his death moved the plot for because that's how she ended up on the train and blah blah. blah. Exactly. Um, um, the uh, the the uh, st- the 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 main villain uh, Ezekiel. Ezekiel. Yeah. I mean, he wanted the spider for what ends to get superpowers so he could. Well, it, it, it somehow made him couldn't well, put it he, together. It's like the underwear gnomes, yeah. right? Spider yeah. money. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're right. You don't really see how the spider made him money. Um, and then he had his fl- did what happened to his flunky after he died? You know, did she get caught as well? Or did they go well, after she, her? Really, she was paid very handsomely, Charles. Right. So and again, yeah, you're right. Left. It was the it was the underpants. It was spider venom. Maybe the spider venom. He made makeup out of it or something. Maybe an assassin kills people with it and he makes money that way. Because yeah, I I really didn't get the whole point. And obviously, the whole through line to this movie. He thought these people were going to kill him in a later date. So that was the whole thing that was pushing the plot to kill them all. Yeah. So he wants to kill kill a bunch of teenagers. And why don't you move out of New York then? Right. And make sure that they can't find you. Right. Exactly. Oh, yeah. And he he didn't necessarily. I looked it up. The actor is actually French. So you don't actually know where he was from. Um, but yeah, his motivations were obviously just based around preserving Muddle. his own life. Because well, he gives this whole speech to beautiful woman um, about like I, I didn't not come t- from every nothing was given to me. I, 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 I'm not going to have my life cut short by a bunch of fucking teenagers or whatever. I mean that's 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 where he's at. Um, yeah. And so yeah, everything is just it's just a mismatch. Um, it's a bait and switch too, Charlie. Yeah, they showed all the spider women doing things in the a trailer because like, it will get some of that it looks like a superhero film because you think he's but it superheroes. wasn't right yeah. you, nobody yeah, it, nobody puts was, on a nobody puts on a costume in the here and now portion of the film except for the villain you know and he's yeah. got a he's got a rip off low he's got like a like from pro cosplay spider-man suit you know it's just it's, yeah we couldn't afford the logo sorry yeah, exactly. but everybody else could um, um so and it was just they just leaned really heavy into there's this her name is Parker and she's having a baby and then you see it born. But like, what's the it's like the end of the 2015 Fantastic Four. What should we call ourselves? What did you say? Fantastic. We're fantastic. There's and four there's of four us. of us. So I think cut to black. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Well, Emma, Emma Roberts, who is a good actress, once again, in this as well. Why did they cast her? Because she had nothing to work with, and she didn't bring anything to the table with this. Right. She's a good actress, though, so it's like, I don't know what they're doing. Obviously, yeah. they're thinking yeah. sequel. She'll be in it, and we'll see little Petey. And well, we'll yeah, do, I mean, but that's, but the that's just point. the thing. Even even in what the summary you read, this was intended as a standalone film, but then, of course, oh, Dakota's fantasizing about a sequel. And something that I read, and again, there's a lot of back and forth. You, you have, you know, these beautiful young stars who are, who are uh, you know, the basis of this film. A lot of them thought or some of the press indicated that they felt they were starring in an MCU film that was going to become part of that 
patchwork of a of a universe. Well, who truly understands that anyway, Charlie? Because the whole thing is so convoluted. Spider Man is in the MCU, but he's not owned by Disney. It right, exactly. And I then, forgive them for all that crap. And yeah. Dakota, Dakota Johnson uh, has been quoted as saying, "Well, you know, it it, it got cut to pieces uh, in the uh, in the editing suite. Uh, lots of script changes were made after I signed on, and that's why it's basically no good." Um, oh. That's really? yeah. That's so a, what was it supposed to be like? Right, you'll never know. You're not going to get these these snipe because remember we have a film that was written by AI, two cats and a squirrel. So you're not yeah. gonna, well. You're not going to get the two cats and a squirrel cut. Yeah, I really struggled to find anything positive in this film. I really yeah. did. It, I, I felt like I needed this movie to end as soon as possible. I found there was nothing good about this film. Yeah. Um, you know, it it wasn't like, and even the special effects were a little flunky, funky at times when the way that funky, the, funky. The, the 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 uh, Aranyas moved and the and the yeah. trees seemed a little bit clunky and fake. Yeah. And uh, quite honestly, I felt like the only reason the villain was stopped was through just general ineptitude. I mean, they didn't do anything to really stop him. He just kept getting hit by vehicles. I mean, right. and, that was and, the only, and, and then a letter works. and a big S. The big S. <laughs> the, big the big S is what took him out. So the big SS Spider-Man, come on. I mean, Spumco. it was, yeah, I, I mean, and then, then everything coming together and it was so cheesy. Yeah. And uh, I will say this is out of all of the movies we've seen from this, whatever we call it, this was the worst because I can at least find fun bits and goofiness and things that were just like, ah, okay. I like that bit. The rest is horrible. Um, this, I didn't find anything redeeming at all. I thought Dakota Johnson didn't even want to be there. Yeah. She just had no, no, this, most of these characters in this movie exuded zero charm and charisma, what it was and chemistry with each other. They could just, they could barely, they could barely speak to each other. Um, stats just off the top of my head. Uh, this is the lowest opening of this particular franchise. It's by far the lowest rated both on Metacritic on Rotten Tomatoes, uh, and then just overall, uh, reviews. So we're, we're in the low teens now, I think with, 160 something reviews were at about 13 percent on Rotten yeah, Tomatoes. 13, yeah, you go up 13, and I think it's 16 for Morbius. Then you go up to like 30 for Venom, and then Venom 2 is like 58. So Venom's yeah. like doing the other thing. That's Eventually, the, the next Venom is going to be an Oscar nominated. The next, film. well, the next Venom it will just be it'll be a billion dollar film. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, I mean, I've loathed all of these movies, and it, you know, it's. It, it's a downward trajectory by the time we get to Craven, which is R rated, and that comes out at the end of the at the end of the summer, I think. Yeah, just uh, yeah. So, Todd, let, let's wrap this up succinctly. Uh, out Oof. of out of one out of ten spider bites, what do you got? You know, I'm probably gonna go like a, a two. Yeah, I, I just I mean, I could go lower, I guess, because at that point, maybe I'm like, well, the movie ran <laughs> and he didn't the projector didn't break. So I guess right. that's half it. And it, it was a film. The fire. So, the, yeah, the fireworks didn't go off. I didn't um, see a boom mic come down. So I guess it was a functional film. Yes. So I'll give it a one point five. <laughs> I hear you. Um, I'm going to land in a 
flat one, and I've never rated okay. anything that low. Does um, it hurt your heart so much? Because yeah, Madam Web. I mean, do we give it the Madam Web bump? Hey, folks, see this film. I mean, maybe I, I, I'll give it enough of a bump. Uh, you know, with Sydney Sweeney, because oh my god, and she is twenty five, by the way. So don't tell me I'm being creepy. Uh, no, no, just that they're, <laughs> they're in high school in this film. So oh, let's, oh yes, yes, yes. Keep all, it in context. They're but, all very pretty you, women. They're movie, adults. In this movie, she was probably one of the worst parts of it, though. She was, she, just like, yeah, she really oh, was. Oh, yeah, oh, oh, but I'm I'm a quirky girl, but I'm gonna dance and burr, burr, burr. and then the, even I that, took taekwondo and then yeah. I saved my swimming into lake. I'm like, okay, okay not the yeah. not the not the cocky one, not not yeah. anybody else or the bad the girl. Only- um, yeah, but Sydney Sweeney's bump is is like a like a, otherwise it would probably be a half. <laughs> yeah. She gets a yeah. half a bump. So uh, you know, uh, Adam yeah. Scott. I also want to give it like charity because Adam Scott, once again, the standout of this film. He's uh, great. He's I don't know why he gave so much effort. <laughs> you know what? Because he's 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 a craftsman beyond. So, well, That's let's true. let's hope uh, that this is truly a blip on the radar. Um, and then we get to we get to go back after this we get to go back loving Madam Webb because she is an employee of our network right. and we well, love we you, gotta, Madam we got to cheer her up exactly so all right well with that Todd we that brings us to the end of our program uh, friends thank you as always for joining us Todd where do people find you out there they found find me they well, found you find me and yell at me uh, Ezekiel found you <laughs> <laughs> um, yes at T Oxtra on both uh, Twitter and threads and at secret friends you on Twitter and at secret friends unite on threads and of course on our fantastic discord the very best place on the internet to have fun geek conversations uh, you can find me uh, over on uh, Instagram uh, and threads at C3 Carpenter, spell it out. But I spend most of my time and will be spending my time sailing the Caribbean next week on the Star Trek cruise uh, with my lovely wife, April, running the USS Grand Petoskey, which is one of the bigger chapters of the International Star Trek fan club in the world. I also have the great honor of running Region 13, which is uh, all the chapters in Michigan and Eastern Canada. If you're a Trekker within the sound of my voice, want to meet Trekkers where you live, please visit sfi.org or the USS Grand Petoskey com drop us a line and we can give you a hand with that so uh friends once again thank you for joining us and being with us through this journey of madam web we appreciate it i'm going to tell you as always that sharing is caring and to keep on trucking be the hero not the villain in an ems truck oh my goodness madam web we're so sorry how low you've sunk but we love you bye-bye This podcast is part of the Secret Friends Unite podcasting network. Visit secretfriendsunite.com for more great shows, articles, news, reviews, and more. Secret Friends Unite podcasts are available on Apple, Google, Spotify, and other podcast services around the world. If you'd like to be part of the conversation, you can join us on Facebook or our new Discord server. Or follow at Secret Friends U on Twitter. Please subscribe to Secret Friends Unite on YouTube and visit our merch store at tpublic.com. Just search Secret Friends Unite. Thanks for listening.